Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. My name is Alan, joined as always by Ski. Hello. And Brent. Yes. We're going to be going over a uh, recap and give our rating for episode 12, The Custody Battle. And uh, with that, I'm just going to go ahead and turn it on over to Ski to start the recap for us. All right. As you said, the uh, title is the, the Custody Battle. Original air date was December 7th, 1985. Produced by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman. Co-produced by Marsha Posner-Williams. Created by Susan Harris. Written by Winifred Hervey. Woohoo! I think that's how I spell that or say that. Big Winifred Hervey fan right here. Oh, yeah? Right. What else? Did, I was assuming it's a girl. Yes, yes, yes. What else has she done? Uh, she was one of the creative forces behind Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Very and a bunch cool. of shows on the BET that I've not seen. Mm. But so what? you're a big fan of hers because of this episode of Golden Girls and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yes. Uh, I think that's a resume. I mean, I suppose so, but... I uh, suppose so? <laughs> well, I, I suppose it's certainly a resume, but it, it surprises me. I didn't realize you were such a Fresh Prince uh, fan. Oh, yeah. There's some good jokes on there. Yeah. yeah. I think it's solid enough, but yeah. not enough that I'm going to follow the creator of it or the uh, <laughs> you know writing staff and yeah. directing and whatnot. So, yeah. but fair enough. There's some good writing in this episode. There's like three moments that I was like, oh, that is some fine, fine writing. Hmm. Well, once we get to the end of the episode, we'll see how... Uh, how we all feel about it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the recap, I should say. Well, as we know, written by Winifred Hervey and then directed by Terry Hughes. Uh, so we open in the kitchen. Dorothy is washing a glass and when she hands it to Sophia to dry. Then uh, Sophia kind of examines it. I assume she sees spots and then hands it right back to Dorothy to wash again. Uh, Dorothy then you know, kind of addresses the fact that their progress is going too slowly because... She keeps doing this and being too picky. Yeah, apparently Sophia is quite the uh, taskmaster when it comes to uh, dish, you know, dish <laughs> cleanliness. That's why it's, they had to get rid of Coco. Yeah, well, right, he wasn't pulling his weight, right? <laughs> right. It's like there are spots on three of these glasses. <laughs> He's out. Um, well, it does correspond her arrival and his departure. Yeah, <laughs> mystery solved. Mm -hmm. uh, Sophia, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Sophia points out that uh, Dorothy doesn't have anywhere to be. It's not like she's going to go in on a date. And then points out that she doesn't seem to go on dates at all, which is odd, I think, because of last episode she went out with Stan and they didn't seem to like that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she really is kind of fickle, isn't she? <laughs> she wants her on a date, you know, and she describes some of the uh, the wonderful men that she's tried to seek out for Dorothy as the episode goes on. But yeah, old Stan, Stan he doesn't measure up. Yeah, didn't want anything to do with him. But uh, you know, Dorothy kind of asked her to stop nagging her and, mm -hmm. and uh, saying that uh, when she finds someone she likes, she'll date them. And then we uh, discover that uh, Dorothy's sister, you know, Sophia's daughter, Gloria, is coming uh, to town tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Real quick, I really like the way that they just sort of gave all that exposition. Like they made it part of a joke and Dorothy's like, you know, before Gloria gets here. <laughs> and then Sophia volunteered that, you know, Gloria was her sister. But, like, they got it all in there, so you're like, oh, Dorothy's sister's visiting. But it was very subtle. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did uh, integrate it well without yeah. um, without making it feel too forced. Exactly. It wasn't like, your sister Gloria's coming, like, in a way that people <laughs> wouldn't talk. So is know? that some of the fine writing that you're referring yeah. to? Yeah, okay. that was just a moment that I really enjoyed. I happened, I liked uh, the uh, joke, and I didn't say it here, but... Uh, uh, she's like, I'd like to be finished with the d yeah. dishes before Gloria gets here. Yeah. She's like, well, she's not going to be here tomorrow. And she's like, I know. Yeah, yeah. She's like, your sister's not exactly. coming tomorrow. Exactly. So it lets the audience know that, oh, that's who this Gloria bird is. Right. <laughs> so as far as, you know, I know that, you know, Sophia does mention Phil. And I know, I think we've discussed this in prior episodes, but just to reiterate again, mm -hmm. Gloria and Phil, those are the only two siblings? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Blanche enters and asks uh, Dorothy if she can borrow a whole bunch of her jewelry, like uh, three pieces, like a mm -hmm. diamond ring, jade, something, earrings mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Dorothy says, are you planning to come back? <laughs> right. And then uh, sometime, in, she says, sometime tomorrow morning, uh, Blanche is uh, going out with a guy named Jason, who is apparently the community theater director. Mm -hmm. And she is trying to <clears throat> win a role of Lady Macbeth in the upcoming show with her I said womanly wiles. Right. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of double entendres in this episode mm -hmm. about uh, that, uh, yeah. her trying to get the role that I, I, I definitely enjoyed. I guess yeah. fine writing in that mm -hmm. case as well. Yeah. Because um, I know that she, she says something about her opening act. Um, yes. 
you know, which I definitely think you can interpret that as being a little dirtier than a mm-hmm. typical Golden Girls joke. Yeah. Uh, and there was another time I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure we'll come to it. Yeah. So then Blanche kind of exits the living room and they kind of follow her. Sophia cuts in and asks if uh, Jason happens to have any friends that can uh, uh, pick up Dorothy and states that uh, due to the last minute nature of the request, they would settle for a less than attractive date. <laughs> <laughs> And then she, it turns out that she, she like says that you know he can be you know bald, fat, and short. She doesn't <laughs> care. So I'm really not sure why she thinks Jason knows Dom DeLuise. <laughs> right. <laughs> it could have been uh, um, Dan DeVito too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and he would have been a much younger man then. <laughs> than right. He, is. Now, he actually would have been probably uh, significantly younger than Dorothy at that point in time. <laughs> yeah. So quite the catch, really. Yeah. Turns out that actually Rose is going uh, to the, on a date with uh, Jason's fat friend, mm-hmm. and who is a lighting director. Uh, and then uh, asking Blanche what they would talk about, she asks, you know, hey, or, or Blanche suggests that they talk about light bulbs. And she's like, oh, maybe I can, uh, maybe you can explain to me how the three-way bulb works. I've always wondered about that. Yeah, I like the idea that a lighting director would know that information, know the actual, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mechanics of how uh, how such a thing works, but. Yeah. Is, is the mechanics involved in the bulb or just the light switch itself? Well, I would imagine that knowing how the three-way works would would be some combination of the two. Um, uh-huh. I mean, obviously, there's you know a higher amount of current that it allows through on a different setting. Yeah. Um, but I think there's you know also got to be uh, something different about the bulb itself. I would expect mm-hmm. them to maybe know how to turn a switch on um, <laughs> and to change <laughs> from one to yeah. the other to the third. Yeah. However. I doubt that he would necessarily know how the electrical current well, and whatnot works. Well, the incandescence works. is different. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I think a lighting director would know, you know, how to light a stage or a, a <laughs> yeah. scene, but not how a light... Directional yeah, lighting, basically. Yeah. works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose I, I haven't been to, you know, lighting directing school, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I don't want to, you know, talk out of turn here, but... Yeah. Now, I kind of wonder as well. Do you? Well, you and Rose would have a lot to talk well, about. And then Dorothy actually jokingly mm-hmm. agrees that she was wondered that too, and then kind of proceeds to say, and uh, she also wonders what Jane Polly looks like standing up. Rose then speculates that maybe she can't stand and that she just gets carried around. Yeah, that's a, quite the leap, <laughs> I would say, to make. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like the episode came in short. <laughs> yeah. Like, we need another eight seconds here. <laughs> right, like that feels like one that should have been on the cutting room floor. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like you said, they needed it's, to fill it's out. Funny <laughs> yeah. It's funny enough. It's funny enough. Let's throw that in there. Uh, then the girls are kind of heading out the door, and Dorothy asks Blanche if she's forgetting something, and Blanche stops and says, no, I never wear underwear. Right, yeah. I did enjoy that we find that Blanche is always commando at this point. Mm-hmm. She almost always wears skirts too, so yeah, she's a risk taker. It's it's easy access out. Mm-hmm, fair enough, yeah. It's, she's she's got a timetable to keep, and uh, well, there's a line like waiting. Away. So yeah, as soon as because the clock was ticking because she's fifty two. That's <laughs> right. right yeah. Death's door and whatnot. Well, I mean, if anybody knows about this whole scenario, it's our friend with the sleeping gown over here that goes commando <laughs> underneath. So <laughs> he definitely knows yeah. the need for uh, quick access yeah. to the parts. My sleeping gown's been hidden from me. Oh, she hid it from you? Yeah. Wow. So you wore it so often that she had to take the next step to actually hide it from you? She did. I don't know where it is. I suspect it's buried in the backyard. Mm. I honestly believe that, but she won't tell me. That's that's a, a hefty step to take. Yeah. I feel like a fair compromise would uh-huh. be to let you just wear it on Christmas Eve, mm. and then the rest of the year it has to go back under the ground in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> but for that one glorious night a year, then exactly. you get to relive, uh, or you know, kind of feel like you're part of the Christmas, uh, exactly. <laughs> famous Christmas yeah. poem. I'm sure you probably asked this pre- previously, but does it does it have the little cap with it too, mm-hmm. the little yeah. Scrooge cap? No, yeah. I probably could have ordered one as well, but oh. I didn't. Well, I mean, you probably you got still two could. friends here that so. you know. <laughs> We're looking for presents next year. We can maybe get that for you. <laughs> there you mm-hmm. go. Hook you up. Uh, so, you know, we know that Blanche doesn't wear undies. And then uh, Dorothy corrects her and says, no, no. You asked about borrowing my jewelry. Do you still need that? And then Blanche declines and says, why paint the peacock? <laughs> right. Well, it seems odd that she wants a, an entire jewelry set. And I think also something from uh, somebody else. Or maybe it was just all from from mm-hmm. from Dorothy for that part. But then just like, oh, screw it. I don't need any of it. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. So. It's a lot of work to, a lot of thought to go through to then completely reverse course on it. Yes, indeed. 
<laughs> the girls uh, exit and Sophia returns to kind of bugging Dorothy, pointing out that her sister is always out on Friday nights. She's a widow and uh, she's always dating new guys every time she calls. But uh, Dorothy points out that Gloria hardly ever calls. Right, it's like three times a year. <laughs> <laughs> and Sophia, but Sophia says, you know, I'm so excited to see her. And Dorothy says, you're making excuses for her and for her lack of contact. But Sophia says, I don't make excuses for any of my kids. Except Phil. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think it's odd that... Well, that's why I wanted to verify that it's just the, the three. Because I think twice, two or three times in the episode, she mm-hmm. says the except Phil part. Which, uh, I don't know, it seems like you're kind of wasting time with saying all of my kids. If you really <laughs> just want to say, yeah. yeah, you and for both of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as opposed to throwing in the all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Phil is going to get excluded well, again anyway. Yeah. It's always the, the pause you know, before she says, you know, except Phil. Mm-hmm. As if, like, in her mind, her default position is that she loves all her kids or that, you know, yada, yada. But then she thinks for a moment, she's like, no, not Phil. Oh, you know, okay. like, he always gets the benefit of the doubt that, you know, in her heart. But then she's like, no, I can't go that far. Yeah, it's like off the cuff, Phil's included. Exactly. But then when she has a moment to ponder exactly. it, then she has to yeah. Oh yeah. give the caveat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Dorothy then says she's going to go watch TV in her room and on her way out. Sophia kind of hands her this note uh, paper that has a number on it. She says, call this. It belongs to a man I met at the supermarket. And we find out that he's missing some fingers, and he had asked her to uh, squeeze a melon for him. Yeah, I found that odd. Unless you're missing all your fingers, I feel like you should be able to squeeze the melon on your own. Um, now, if you had no hands, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like even without any fingers, you could still yeah. hold the melon between your two, you know. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't say that all the fingers are missing on one hand, I guess. So. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I think maybe he was trying to get fresh with Sophia, yeah. and now she's trying to pass him off on to, on to Dorothy instead. Maybe. She just wasn't interested at all. Yeah. She's like, no no missing finger uh, freaks for me. Right, but my daughter. But my daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dorothy's a little bit uh, incensed by this and uh, upset that she's trying to help. And Dorothy says she needs some, some space. So Sophia is, uh, she's upset as well. She says she's leaving to go over to Mildred's house, which I assume is a friend. Mm-hmm. And she says she's shorter than you. She doesn't need so much space. <laughs> and we have a scene change. And uh, the next morning, Rose, Blanche, and Sophia are all in the kitchen. Rose is talking about how she doesn't understand why they chose Macbeth uh, for the spring show. I don't know about enough about Macbeth to see if that's out of out of any kind of reasoning. I don't know. It is surprises it me in general. Play or? Well, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know the, uh, I don't know enough about Macbeth either to. Yeah. I want to say I read it like back in like, didn't we read it in, in middle school? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, if we ever really read anything back then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know that it's season specific, you know, but I do think it's odd that like Blanche wants to play Lady Macbeth because I believe that's an older lady. Like she's yeah, Macbeth's think, mother, you know. I think it just wants it though because it's a, a big role. Oh, okay. You think she would be like the love interest of? Yeah, know, that's true. Instead of you see, know, that seems more up her yeah, alley. Exactly, <laughs> up her alley. That's yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It seems odd to me that in this little community theater that they'd be doing Shakespeare in general. I would think they'd probably do, I don't know, plays that took a little less uh, talent. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, something that Skill. didn't require as much memory and and something that was a little more straightforward than mm-hmm. the Shakespearean language that goes yeah, into it all is, of those. Yeah, it is difficult wording. You can just do an Our Town every, yeah. every season. <laughs> no, there's Oklahoma. Well, I don't know. I guess that would take some singing uh, yeah. singing acumen. Death of a Salesman. There, there's yeah. some other plays out there they could do. Yeah. Well, uh, Blanche responds that they're going to have a musical, but the accordion player died, apparently. And it seems odd to me that that was the one <laughs> the, the one the instrument <laughs> that was going to yeah. you know, gonna carry the play. the accordion, it's out! <laughs> was it the accordion player? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. That, do you think that the play originally was going to be like an oompa type play? Or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of a whole lot of uh, songs that feature accordion outside of, you know. Some... It was a, a rock opera by Weird Al. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. In 85, I'm sure that would have been huge with uh, one or two parody hits he had at that point. Well, older folks love the Weird Al. Oh, that's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think they like the Ray Stevens. The Ray Stevens? Yeah. Ray Stevens, another parody singer from uh, before Weird Al's yeah, time. He was the one who did um, The Streak and, um, of course, his classic Ahab the Arab. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't heard that one. Um, and, oh, he had one about Grandma. <laughs> 
there was a country duo that did parody songs and I remember them having an infomercial or not an infomercial but you know they used to have all those commercials on mm-hmm. where they would be advertising for you know jock jams and freedom you know, rocks and yeah that exactly thing. that kind of stuff and they had a CD of parody type country songs and mm-hmm. like you know there's one that's like she thinks I steal cars and <laughs> that has always stuck with me I mean I remember being a small child but yeah I would guess that that would be the band or the parody yeah. group <laughs> that, the, yeah. that the older set might uh, gravitate towards yeah I am um, I wore out my copy of UHF the soundtrack to that oh, it was really? like my favorite Weird Al when I was a lad hmm. um, I listened to that thing non-stop now did he do the UHF, UHF song like the the main I feel like oh, there was a, sure did, yeah. like one that was actually kind of popular on the radio yeah, even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that thing was just wall to wall hits. Nothing but bangers. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, maybe you should make an opera or a, uh, a musical to that. You know, that could be, mm-hmm. that could be your life project. Yeah. So. Um, what do you think it'd be called? Like, UHF, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Spatula city. That's, there you go. There you go. That's my favorite. So, sorry, but we were, uh, where were we at? <laughs> oh, the, the accordion, accordion player dies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blanche then states that she's uh, looking forward to the challenge or the challenging role of Lady Macbeth. And Roy's, Rose points out that she uh, doesn't have the part yet and still needs to audition. And then that's the part you were saying. Blanche kind of uh, reasserts and says, I did, I did audition last night to, and opening with great reviews. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the other, yeah. Yeah, two really great double entendres. Again, a little bit racier than, you know, what Golden Girls typically comes in at. So I thought it was kind of fun. Better than saying, uh, what was that the, the word Rose wouldn't say? It wouldn't vomit. It was bel- Belch. Belch, yeah. Belch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, too dirty. Yeah, I know. You've just uh, sullied this podcast by <laughs> throwing that in. By even bringing it up, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Lost seven listeners just now. That's, that's a shame. That's all of them. <laughs> but they're not Nielsen listeners, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, exactly. Our one, our one Nielsen listener is still there, so the ratings are still through the roof. Exactly. Right. By podcast standards. Counts as 100,000. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dorothy then enters the kitchen, and Sophia sarcastically says, Clear out, girls. Dorothy needs her space. Right. Rose uh, says that uh, they should make up and enjoy their happy day and not, not be fighting about stuff. Uh, just then the doorbell rings, oh, and Sophia... You missed the bit where Sophia told him it was a shuttered ditty bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she got a big kick out of it. <laughs> it just sounds like a ska band, <laughs> like the ditty bags. <laughs> so I, I meant to look that up, but I totally forgot about it. But does do either of you know what a ditty bag refer? I mean, I, do not. I understand that she's referring to her mouth, but I don't know what a ditty bag would actually be. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's like a euphemism for like colostomy bag or something. Okay, so... Uh. I guess that's one of those uh, mysteries that the internet will have to help us solve at some point. So <laughs> you can go on with the recap, and Brent will try to look up what a ditty bag is. I look forward to hearing. Uh, the doorbell rings, and Sophia and Dorothy go to answer. Uh, it is Gloria, of course, and uh, she brought them gifts. They, uh, <laughs> uh-oh, I'm going to take a pause. He's got something. <laughs> it may be our most risque moment <laughs> of the episode. A ditty bag. <laughs> a receptacle for odds and ends, especially one used by sailors or fishermen. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, her mouth is just a receptacle for sailors. <laughs> I believe it's a, a receptacle used by sailors, not used to hold sailors. But <laughs> but you know, yeah, I guess that does continue the theme of the double. Yeah. On <laughs> All right, so ditty bag aside, um, Gloria, <laughs> Gloria has arrived. Yeah, she arrives. So the ditty bag's basically like a nautical bindle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I've seen, yeah, I don't know, like old-timey things where sailors will have a little, you know, satchel of some kind. Going out to so sea. Perhaps yeah, that's yeah. a ditty bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. So now we know. Yeah. And you see that, you'll be like, oh, that guy has a nice ditty bag. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not small. It's like a bigger type bag. Right. Like they're taking all their possessions out onto the sea for nine months or whatever. Yeah. So I guess a door or a rose or uh, Sophia's calling Rose a big mouth at that point yeah. if her ditty bag. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Gloria's arrived. They give each other hugs and stuff. Uh, Gloria had bought some gifts with her. I think Sophia even says, You wrapped your luggage? And she's like, No, those are gifts for you guys. 
she reveals that she's staying at a hotel, and Sophia clearly wants her to stay with them. I think the bigger crime here is the fact that she reveals what the presents are. She does, she, yeah. She's her. like, here, unwrap these. It's a sweater. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it does seem like, what's the point of wrapping it if you're just going to tell me what it is before I even get through that yeah. process? Now, granted, she probably didn't wrap it with her servants and whatnot. I'm sure yeah. somebody took care of that task for her. And, and you would think, you know, her staying in the hotel, she's obviously quite wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'd have to think that their house would be a fairly big downgrade from mm-hmm. whatever swanky hotel she would be staying at. Yeah. Well, it does seem like when she talks about the number of servants and just, you know, her immense wealth or whatever, she should be cutting Dorothy a check every month. Right, yeah, to help cover (laughs) the cost of of Ma. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. I mean, she has however many servants, and poor Dorothy doesn't even have a Coco. I know, yeah. Coco's. (laughs) Well, maybe she'll refer Coco to her. um, Exactly. The head west young Coco. Do we know, like, is she West? Is she California? Yeah, yeah. she's in California, okay. yeah. And I believe Coco ended up in that area, didn't he? <laughs> or, or where was uh, where was his West unfortunate Hollywood? accident? I believe he was shacking up with Cato. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was referring to the one that ended his life, and I was in a desert somewhere, but or a hiking area. I don't know if it was a desert. Yeah, the actor. Um, what was I going to say? It was along the same lines. Um, Coco West, I don't know. Yeah, like, so she could have visited her when they didn't take their trip to Hollywood last yeah. week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she was vehement about not going exactly. out there. She totally could have swung by and seen Gloria for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Maybe like, that's part of the reason she didn't want to go. Yeah, Gloria's like, come visit me. She's like, I work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Substitute teaching waits for no man. <laughs> exactly. Never mind, she was going off on vacation last week. Right. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, Sophia can go with her vacation club. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that'd be a, a good... Uh, or wasn't it a club of people excluded from vacations? Well, yes, but it was vacation club, though. Oh, and, uh, okay. Many, many of them well, I'm just sh- happened to be in a similar situation. I'm sure Gloria could pay to send the entire elderly group out there. Sounds like it, yeah. But I don't know, maybe she's not quite as generous as what her uh, wealth would give her the possibility to be. We, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we don't know necessarily how long she's been a widow either. Could have been, you know, just last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and already happily moved on. <laughs> With a new person every week. Right. right. <laughs> All one. A different boyfriend every three months when she calls. Or whatever. Right. Maybe she's just a philanderer. It could be. Uh, so we know that Gloria got there and, and she gives them the gifts, which she obviously mm-hmm. immediately tells them what it is before they're even opened. Mm-hmm. Sophia wants her to stay there with them. Uh, Dorothy kind of says, yeah, I should stay here with us, and uh, ultimately Gloria agrees. Blanche and Rose then enter, and uh, Dorothy introduces them. I thought that was nice to how she introduced them to, like, my, my dearest friends or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Rose says, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it was also nice that, you know, they have somebody else staying in their house and nobody else raised a ruckus. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It was like it can go either way whenever they have a house guest. Well, I mean, I guess since Dorothy shared her bed with the woman, then Mm -hmm. it worked out okay. You know, had anybody had to relocate or, um, you know, if Gloria gave the impression that she was going to be rather noisy, then all hell would have broken loose. Yeah, that's true. But at least they gave her the benefit of the doubt to start things off. (laughs) Yeah. And Blanche wasn't even there a few of the nights. Oh, so. that's true. <laughs> she was trying to get that role. Exactly. It's important. Mm-hmm. It's important. You got to do that audition. It's the arts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose says that uh, they've heard a lot about her, and uh, she specifically likes stories about her childhood uh, imaginary friend, David, who lived in the oven. And then she starts talking about uh, how when she was a kid, she had an imaginary friend too, but he'd never tell her his name. And then she starts to tell a long story, but Sophia kind of stops her. And then Blanche suggests that they head out to the audition. I, did like the, I thought it was just a funny little line that her imaginary friend wouldn't share his name. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it helped take my mind off the fact that, you know, Gloria had a little Jewish friend. Who <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need your mind taken off that fact? <laughs> Were you upset that she was fraternizing with the Jews, <laughs> even in her <laughs> imagination? The fact that she made him live in the oven? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. So, so basically. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really rough. <laughs> so this is the, maybe the most anti-Semitic episode. <laughs> I just didn't realize it's with I your didn't, keen eye. It didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't click with me. I like that. That's... <laughs> 
I, mean, I don't like it like that, but <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I like the observation. Yeah, I feel like we're just going down the wrong path at this point. <laughs> we kind of need to veer back on course. But uh, Anyway, Rose and Blanche leave, and uh, Dorothy says that they should uh, move to the kitchen and get some coffee. And Gloria says, no, no, first, you know, open your presents. And that's when she, you know, immediately yeah. tells them what it is. Sophia gets some new clothes and an electric blanket. Says, you know, every time she talks to her, mm-hmm. she's always cold. Yeah. And uh, Dorothy makes a little quick remark saying, mm-hmm. well, you should call more often. Mm-hmm. Dorothy also gets a gift certificate for a, <clears throat> gift certificate for a makeover at Elizabeth Arden's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia uh, says now that she'll be able to, you know, go get a date with that uh, makeover. Mm-hmm. Dorothy kind of retorts, Please, Ma. I'm not calling. I'm not calling Captain Hook. I assume the guy with the uh, missing fingers. Right. Gloria says that she's uh, gonna go clean up and then take Sophia out to lunch and go shopping. Uh, she exits the room and Sophia starts to uh, do on how great Gloria has been. And Dorothy points out, "Oh, Ma, she's your baby. All mothers think their babies are special." Sophia insists that all of her children are special, except Phil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sophia then takes uh, one last dig at Dorothy, telling her uh, not to expect a miracle from that makeover. Now, I would have that was probably my favorite line of the episode. Um, the can it make suggests when you go to the makeover, don't expect a miracle. But just going back a second, I would think that in the '80s, Phil would have been the most special of her three kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, nowadays, you know, it's uh, a lot more common. It, Phil's trans, right? Isn't that what we find out at some point? Yeah. Okay, so I would say he'd be the most special of the three children. Um, I don't <laughs> think it's fair to call him not special. If it anything. really depends on your <laughs> definition of special, I guess. Well, I suppose so, but uh, <laughs> definitely the most unique of the three. And unique mm-hmm. and special are kind of synonyms. Do you have something to add? I don't know. I mean, maybe Phil and Dorothy are, you know, uh, fraternal twins. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it was such a, it wasn't much of a stretch exactly. going from one to the other. <laughs> exactly. He's like, well, I can already fit into Dorothy's clothes, so I might as well just <laughs> right. wear them. I don't know. I still don't think that makes him less special <laughs> because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he has the ability to seamlessly go back and forth between, you know, the two genders. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, He's very fluid, you think? I could be. I don't know. Uh, uh, clearly perturbed at that comment, Dorothy kind of exits. And then we have another scene change. Uh, Dorothy is now in the kitchen, and Rose and Blanche uh, kind of enter. And Blanche says that she is 99% sure she's got that part. And uh, this is actually one of my favorite lines. Blanche says, you know, trust me, I got this part in the sack. Mm-hmm. And Rose says, oh, she means in the bag. And Dorothy says, no, honey, she means in the sack. All right. Yeah, I think that's my favorite line of the episode. I really like that. Uh, we'll put it down for two then. Okay. Two, two favorites on that one. Well, now we've got our favorite lines already covered, so that uh, takes care Done. of one of the wrap-up exactly. sections. Woo! Exactly. We're ahead of... The bell you guys won't come. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sophia and Gloria haven't uh, returned from their shopping trip. Uh, Rose points out that Gloria seems lovely. Dorothy agrees and points out that she's had a bit of a charmed life and kind of lists some of the things that she's had uh, go right for her. And uh, that she's always felt that her parents liked Gloria more. Uh, Blanche says that her parents definitely liked her sisters more than her, and that they told her with their actions. Talked about her sisters' parties would, uh, uh, birthday parties rather, would have, you know, clowns and magicians. And then Blanche added that she never had a clown until she was much older. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's definitely a, a fetish that I haven't heard much of. Is <laughs> you know someone going after a clown specifically? I wouldn't think there would be a whole lot of uh, reach for that. Yeah, yeah, probably not. But you know, who am I to who am I to judge? Do you think she was disappointed when she found out that the the feet didn't fill the shoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably so. Yeah, she, she had big expectations that weren't quite met exactly. by Bozo's uh, assets. Exactly. <laughs> Unless it was uh, um, it didn't uh, sideshow Bob didn't his. Yeah, yeah, the shoes. yeah, they did, um, but that's he was fictional, so yeah, that's true. <laughs> unlike, <laughs> unlike the Golden Girls, <laughs> Rose then goes on to explain that all her siblings were treated equally, and started kind of explaining an idyllic, almost picture perfect childhood. Dorothy then sarcastically says, "Who was your father, Michael Landon?" Yeah, she definitely paints a pretty rosy picture. Uh, uh, you know, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> yeah, about what a perfect childhood she. Uh, mm-hmm. And Rose admits that they were a happy family, but did have some problems. And she talks specifically about 
how a mysterious drifter one time stole their butter churn. Which I really liked. Yeah. We've all been there, though. I mean, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I haven't. I steal the butter churns. Yeah, I mean, that's the main reason I don't give to homeless charities anymore because I figure I've given enough butter churns, you know, through, uh, through allowing drifters <laughs> over the years. <laughs> right. You know, feed a man for one day, let him steal your butter churn, you fed him for. <laughs> 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 uh, Dorothy kind of breaks the conversation and suggests that they head out for burgers since Ma and Glory aren't going to be back for uh, do- uh, dinner. <laughs> and while they're exiting, Rose starts you know, on another kind of perfect childhood story. Yeah. And uh, then on the face of uh, how they go out for burgers on Saturday nights, yeah. on Blanche's face, she can tell that she's kind of frustrated by this yeah. or almost sickened by it even. And so when she leaves the room, she kind of throws the door back. Rose does not notice that Blanche's mm-hmm. disgusted face. And then when she walks to the door, she basically steps right into the swinging door yeah. and steps back confused like, what just happened? <laughs> right, yeah. She, she doesn't realize that it was a completely intentional uh, <laughs> move. That, that's a little harsh to slam a door into somebody's face. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a swinging door too, of course. So, you know, right. it's, it's more likely it could have hit her twice. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I thought the detail about, uh, you know, her dad... Uh, you know, at the player piano, you know, I just thought that was funny. Oh, yeah, that is kind of <laughs> funny. I don't think I even uh, caught that uh, yeah. that little detail. Uh, so we got another scene change, and uh, Dorothy and Gloria are now in the bedroom, and they start talking about how uh, Gloria had a really fun day with Sophia. Uh, Gloria says that she had a wonderful time and really likes being with, uh, with Ma and would like the two of them to get closer to talking to Dorothy. Gloria, Gloria senses that Dorothy's uh, signature sarcasm while she's talk, talking about and asks if uh, she resents her for having money. Dorothy admits that uh, for a while she did, but she has since outgrown that. Gloria keeps on adding different advantages she's had, kind of bringing up even this, even this. Yeah, Gloria starts getting kind of on the verge of being almost like a you know, Blanche and Virginia type situation, a much more cordial version <laughs> of it, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when you ask somebody, well, what about this great thing in my, in my life? Are you how, jealous how of that? How about that went wrong for you, mm-hmm. yeah. but not for me? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a certain point where you're trying to shove it in somebody's face. Yeah. <laughs> this is prime time's first humble brag. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she you know, adds the different advantage she's had. Uh, Dorothy you know, keeps saying that she's really happy for her family and that they, you know, eventually they get into bed. Oh, there is a little statement, too. Like, she says something about how all her kids are you know, working professionals and stuff and how, I guess, Dorothy's aren't. Yeah. And she's, I'm happy for all your kids. And then she brings up one. She says she should have got the nose job instead of a Mustang for yeah. graduation. Yeah. yeah, it seems odd. Like, so that's that's the thing that keeps you from liking that particular child is they chose not to have <laughs> well, cosmetic happy surgery. for all the other ones, but not that one. Yeah, not that one because of her fucked up nose. <laughs> but now Poor she's, choice. Yeah, exactly. Maybe so. she's just really against Fords. Fords, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And they get in the bed uh, together, and they start remembering kind of childhood stuff. Dorothy, uh, specifically Dorothy, telling Gloria horrible stories at bedtime mm-hmm. to keep her awake and scared. Gloria asks why, you know, Dorothy never came to visit her in California. Dorothy says, well, I have a job and responsibilities, and I've never been invited. And uh, Gloria says, well, I'm inviting you now. And they start talking about how uh, her home has got all these beautiful amenities and uh how she'll like it, even including uh, Bert Convy, you know, shops at their lo- local grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I had to look who that was because I, I recognized the name, but I was like, I have no idea who it is. He yeah. was a old actor, and he did a lot of uh, game shows. Yeah, he was very prolific, you know, during his time, but it's been a little while since his time came to a close. Well, this was 85, I think, and I looked it up. He died in 91, so. Oh, okay, so he didn't have much was, longer yeah. uh, left on this earth after, <laughs> you know, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe that grocery store he was shopping at didn't have the highest quality of, uh, of <laughs> produce available. Bad, yeah. yeah. It had the first case of E. coli. <laughs> of what? E. coli. <laughs> what, am I saying that wrong? I always thought it was E. coli. Is that not what I'm saying? Say it one more time. E. coli? How does it sound to you? I I hear Brent saying E. coli, yes. and you're going E. coli. Oh, so I'm just running the two it's, together it's, as opposed it's a to enunciating of the, accent, the two. Yeah, yeah. Where, where the emphasis is. Yeah, sorry, I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
love that. Sorry. <laughs> it's not even my joke. <laughs> I, I, I cannot. Re- Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so. Uh, I'm glad that I'm glad it brought you joy, though. I'm sure Mike I, Myers is glad it did as well. Nikki uh, was. My wife was laughing at me earlier today because I said something that just tickled myself and I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, it was not even that funny, but uh, I'll tell you guys after the fact. I can definitely tell you this: nothing makes Brent laugh harder than himself. And, <laughs> and honestly, I'm kind of the same way. I've always felt like I'm a unfortunately kind of a stingy laugher, not intentionally, mm-hmm. but um, but I know that I, I don't laugh robustly very often. <laughs> uh, so, and unfortunately, when I do, it's often at my own joke, and it's not even a good joke, but it's just one that for some reason hits me the right way. So. Like, where do I come up with these? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, rest in peace, Burt Convy here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the yeah, as well as <laughs> almost the entire cast of everybody that's appeared on the show. But glad. Well, and Burt Convy, I don't believe, ever had an episode, just a mention in one episode. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, you don't know. He could get mentioned again. Well, that's true, but he definitely was Unlikely, not. Unlikely, I would say, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. He was a big deal, you know, back in the day, so. Uh, she mentions that she talked to uh, Ma about coming out to visit, or actually, she just says about coming out and how well she'd be taken care of. Uh, Dorothy basically says, yeah, it would be great if Ma could go out and visit you for a while. But then Gloria kind of corrects her and says, well, no, I uh, want Ma to come live with me. I asked her to, and mm-hmm. she accepted. And you can, you know, they kind of wrap up that scene change with a kind of a dramatic look because mm-hmm. Dorothy's clearly upset by this. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, Sophia in her room. Don't you think that Dorothy would have like a power of attorney over Sophia? At some point, maybe, yeah. Cause like if she got she her committed a into a stuff. home at first or whatever. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that because she, she would have to have some sort of um, authority yeah. yeah, to do that. So, yeah, I, I guess Dorothy, if she wanted to, could put her foot down and say no. Yeah. But I would assume that, you know, Gloria is a bit younger, um, yeah. so yeah. she could sign over that power of attorney yeah. if she did end up heading out west. Yeah. And I'm sure Dorothy was like, you know, if this is something that Sophia truly wanted, she will make my life a living hell. And right. Force her to stay here. Well, yeah. and she does go on to even say quite a few times in this episode alone that, you know, if that's what she really wanted, she, they had no power, power to stop her or no right to stop her. Yeah. I think they say so. Maybe it's more of a they don't want to keep her where she doesn't want to be kind of thing. I mean, I think they would have the power to stop her because it's three against one yeah, or three against yeah. two, She's perhaps. Frail. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even Glory, even though she may be a little younger than the rest, um, still, I think they could take her. Yeah. Well, if nothing else, you think they could convince her? Be like, remember two weeks ago when you're on your deathbed on that couch? Right. And you're telling <laughs> us how much you loved us and whatnot. Exactly. And how made you happy, an old lady happy to be here and... Yeah, but none of those ladies are Burt Convy, so we That's always true. need to keep that factor in mind. Blanche has got that Lady Macbeth strength. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're in Sophia's room. Uh, Dorothy enters and asks about uh, the decision to go live with Gloria. Uh, they both go kind of back and forth for a little bit about whether or not it's a good idea. Uh, it seems kind of obvious to the audience that uh, neither of them want her to leave, but uh, both of them are a little bit too proud to admit that they don't want it to happen. Uh, then Dorothy exits and goes in the kitchen telling Blanche and she has some bad news. Rose then comes in directly after her and also says she has bad news. Uh, so then Blanche is like, oh, no. You know, she sits down. And then uh, they kind of squabble back and forth on who gives their bad news first. Blanche tells them to you know, kind of spit it out so she can just become hysterical, eat a box of Malamars, and get it over with. <laughs> now, have either of you ever had a Malamar? I never I have. have. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I'm not sure if it's is something it like that's still... Yeah, I, I believe so. I think it's like a cookie cracker or something. Something of that nature, but almost like a Pepperidge Farm, almost maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But it, to my knowledge, I've never ingested a Malamar. I don't think I've had a Turkish delight either. I've had a Turkish delight before, but are they, um, are they delightful? Eh, or are they just fine. Turkish? I mean, I've had a, I've had them a couple different times, and I wouldn't say they were anything I go out of my way to get again. <laughs> they were they were just fine. That's what I'd go with. IKEA has a little ginger thing that I really enjoy. Good to know. <laughs> like a ginger snap or like a redheaded person it's that works like, there? Um, no, it's like a, um, no, God, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, yeah, if I ever walked in there and I saw Lisa behind the counter, I'd be like, I don't need your low-priced furniture. <laughs> um, the um, No, it's like, um, I can't even think of what it's like, but it's like a like a chewy caramel or whatever. With like a ginger flavor, and then like a molasses type center, 
Is it really delightful? I mean, it sounds good. I don't think it necessarily sounds worth heading up to Ikea to me. But oh, no, uh, I mean, but if I was in there, then, yeah. you know, certainly I'd give it a try. Absolutely. That actually sounds really familiar to a little candy my uh, uh, coworker had that she gave me just a few weeks ago. Oh, good story. What was it called? I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember what it was called, honestly. Was it wrapped in foil? A little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a little individual foil. Yeah. I actually thought the, the ginger was almost too much for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, ginger is awfully bold. <laughs> Saying I'm not bold enough, that's what it's going down. No, to. you're definitely a bland dude. But I'm a bland. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I'm like Blanche. Yeah. Blanche the bland. I don't know. I would think Blanche <laughs> is the least bland of she's all a, the golden she's girls. She's the spiciest. Yeah. You but think she's I, spicier than Sophia? Nah. Yeah, that's not true. I mean, Sophia's feistier, but I would say Blanche is spicier. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that the sexuality, you know, it ramps it up. up the spiciness enough to overtake uh, Sophia in that department. Well, we don't know that Sophia's out of the game. She just might be more uh, coy about it. Yeah, it's it's certainly possible. I don't know if she ever talks about if she's had other um, bed partners since since her husband died. Well, we see her in bed with another fella later. Yeah. Um, and we don't exactly know what her and Mildred are doing. Well, so. that's true. <laughs> yeah, she, she could be a very open-minded lady. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Bill's apple didn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, this kind of squabble on who's going to tell their bad news first. Uh, Blanche tells them to just kind of get it out. Uh, the Rose kind of goes first and says that uh, Blanche did not get the Lady Macbeth part, but instead got witch number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, witch number three seems like a part that would not even have a line. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or maybe one line at most. Uh, well, there's the one. I think they sing together, though. Bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> uh, Macbeth, isn't that what it's from? Bubble, bo- bubble, toil and trouble. I'm thinking of Hocus Pocus. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought that was from that play, though. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound very Shakespearean to me, but I don't want to completely you say, say that you're wrong. But Bubble, uh, bubble, full of trouble? Toil, toil and trouble. Bubble? Something bubble. something in Cauldron Bubble or something like that. Bubble, bubble. I mean, I definitely agree. That I'm it's, probably getting it wrong slightly, but it's, I thought that was from that play. I mean, I believe that you're right with the phrase, but um, I don't have any confidence that it <laughs> was in that play. But we'll look it, it up be. now. I'm yeah. going to check it. I think Brent's on the on There's the job right now. Olsen twins movie. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, that's Macbeth to ski. <laughs> you have to understand that <laughs> to him, Caitlin Olsen is Macbeth. Yeah, so. no, it is from Macbeth. Uh-huh, very um, good. He's more of a Shakespearean uh, historian than we are. What is the actual line? Scene one, act four. Does it uh, say there what? are three witches? First witch, second witch, third witch oh. says. Okay, so the third witch says, "Scale of dragon, tooth of wolf, witch's mummy, maw and gulf, over the raven, salt sea shark, root of hemlock, diggity dark, liver of blaspheming Jew." Thanks for bringing that back. <laughs> no wonder you remembered it. Of you, Must live in the oven. Lips, nose of Turk and Tartar's lips. Finger of birth, strangled babe. Ditch delivered by a drab. Make a cruel thick and slab. And here to tigers. Tigers, chaldron for the ingredients of our cauldron. And then everybody. Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire, burn, and cauldron bubble. So the third witch says all of that? Yeah. Well, it's you know, a third soft. witch isn't as bad of a part. I mean, yeah. granted, you know, it is. And it, Blanche it, wants to be beautiful, but... Uh, yeah, like first witch gets six lines, um, eight lines to the second witch, and probably 12 here to the third. Not so bad. it definitely builds. Yeah. Um, so Blanche should quit her bitching and just be glad <laughs> that she gets to have such a prominent well, witch role. I'm gonna, I know I don't usually cuss, but I'm going I'm to throw this out there. Stop mm. her bitching and start her witching, am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. She, uh... Doesn't really have anything else. The rest of the scene is all the first two witches. Oh, okay. Along with Macbeth. All right. Well, then I, I'll go ahead and re-grant uh, Blanche the, <laughs> you know, yeah. a pass for being irritated about her her role. And Rose goes on to explain that she actually got the part of Lady Macbeth, and Blanche accuses I, her of pulling her leg. I like the fact that uh, Rose has gotten over her aversion to showbiz. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, she's not trying to date someone from showbiz, right? <laughs> but she is interested in it herself. So. Uh, well, I don't know. That uh, da- that uh, lighting director is part of showbiz, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, that's true. She just went out with him. Mm-hmm. But she had ulterior motives. She wanted to find out about the light bulb. Yeah. That's why so many women went out with uh, <laughs> Thomas Edison. That's mm-hmm. right. 
Nobody gets more trim than a Foley artist. (laughs) (laughs) Ski's Tinder profile says gaffer. Gaffer. That's right. Mine says best boy. (laughs) It's not what you're looking for. It's what you... (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. My grinder profile says best boy. <laughs> Much That's like it. Sophia and Phil, I like to keep an open mind. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, Blanche accuses uh, her of pulling her leg, and she's actually been in the cut- kitchen cutting something up. So she's kind of walking towards Rose while still holding this knife. Mm-hmm. I did okay reading freaking Macbeth oh, yeah, off I the top of my head, you know, off the top of your head. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, reading it aloud for the first time. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, I thought you were like, I did a good job reading it and then yeah. reciting it off the top of my head. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I caught the scheme. Yeah. Was, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, you did a fine job. You're, you're a, a good reader. Well, thank you. So. Thank you. Take that, Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> did he not cast you for a role that you were looking for? No, he played uh, Macbeth in the movie version. Oh, okay. And like Glenn Close was Lady, the mom, mm. the Blanche part. Yeah, but he didn't play the third witch. So he did uh, not. <laughs> he did not. It's the power role. That was Alan Cumming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another person has to rest in peace. <laughs> not Alan Rickman. Oh, that's right, yeah. Alan Cumming is still around, isn't he? Well, Alan Rickman played number two, <laughs> witch two. <laughs> That was back when they first started doing gender bent uh, type oh. uh, roles in <laughs> cinema. Yeah, he just loved it so much. He was a wizard later. Mm-hmm, exactly. So uh, you know, Rose kind of insists that she is being honest with her and she's not lying. And she uh, she added that Jason said, "I have presence." Mm-hmm. Dorothy then tells her, you know, the the girls about the fact that Sophia is leaving mm-hmm. to go live with uh, Gloria. I'm sorry, real quick, can we back up just a second? Of course. I didn't like it because when before we find out that it's Rose, and after we find out that it's you know not Blanche, you know Blanche says it's like you know some young ingenue with a mattress on her back. Right, exactly and, what she had done. And I don't much appreciate like Blanche slut shaming somebody. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, even if that is what happened. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Right, exactly. Know. The only difference is that this one will be young. <laughs> so, exactly. But. So, yeah, I didn't much care for that at it's all. It's a whole do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Right? Well, that's the key to parenting. So, <laughs> <laughs> Or or getting uh, witch number three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but she uh, breaks, Dorothy breaks the news that uh, Sophia has uh, decided mm-hmm. to go live with Gloria. They're all very upset about this. And, uh, they're like basically saying, you know, who will fill this void in our home? And we can't live without her. Mm-hmm. Dorothy says she, she's upset too, but they can't stop her. She really wants to go. And then Dorothy has to leave for work. Uh, I like the bit about the uh, the Italian Mary Poppins. Yes. You know, like a, like a, it's a me, Mario Poppins. <laughs> Rose was like, well, who will t- tend to us, basically? Yeah. Like, yeah. who will care for us? Well, I guess they need to put out a, a want ad and hope that Coco replies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they say Dorothy needs to leave for work, but Blanche and Rose start talking about uh, how bad the morning's been. And then, uh, Is it the mor- I thought they were like, like she went in there straight after talking to Sophia, like it was late at night. No, she said she had to leave for work. Because she, she talked to Sophia first, uh-huh. but then she's like, well, I really need to leave for work. So she left Sophia's room. Mm-hmm. It looked dark, but I think her just, she doesn't have any windows. Gotcha. But uh, then she went and talked to them, let them know about the bad stuff, and mm-hmm. And uh, after she leaves, they're talking about how the bad morning's going. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rose you know, says to Blanche, if she really wants the part of Lady Macbeth, maybe she can fill in for one of those nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche, you know, thanks her for the sweet uh, gesture. And says, oh, honey, yeah, but I just couldn't. I could never fit in the, this trim little body into that big old tin of a dress they're going to have to make for you. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was probably the, uh, that was probably my premier favorite uh, jab of the uh, episode. Yeah, that was definitely a solid one. Good backhanded compliments. Like, oh, yeah, that was almost for... worthy of a relationship with Virginia. <laughs> like that was a, <laughs> right. a harsh enough, uh, harsh enough barb. Then we got uh, another scene change. Dorothy enters the room, and uh, Gloria's uh, luggage is kind of right in the middle mm-hmm. of the room, right by the front door or by the door of the room. Rather, Dorothy kind of snaps at it out being right in the way, uh, but Gloria has a kind of funny comeback. I think she says, "Does it have to be? Or does it have to sit right here?" She says something like, no, it can uh, 
jump on or shake her hand and turn it over to or something like that, like a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she can tell that Dorothy is obviously upset, and she asks if she wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Dorothy says no, and then immediately exits to, I, I don't know, is that like a closet or a bathroom she exits mm. to? Yeah, I think it looked like a bathroom to me. Bathroom, something like that. And she immediately comes right back in through the door and says yes. <laughs> she <laughs> kind of accuses Gloria of you know, sweeping into town with all her fancy things and acting kind of superior over everybody. And so, which I don't really know that she acted superior. No. She talked about her fancy stuff, but I don't mm-hmm. know that she like. Yeah, she didn't seem hoity-toity during the episode itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, during her interactions with maybe, the other maybe girls. Maybe taking Mel on a, a shopping spree, I guess. I suppose so. But yeah, I would agree. I, I think that's a little unfounded, a little unfair of a criticism. Mm-hmm. But uh, and so she says she's you know always been the favorite child, and now she's trying to steal Ma away too. Mm-hmm. She's like, all I wanted was this time with her. And Gloria quickly stops her and says, you know, hey, that's you're crazy. You know, Dorothy has always been Ma's favorite. And then she starts explaining her point and saying, you know, pointing out details that Dorothy clearly missed mm-hmm. uh, or misinterpreted when she was younger. And so, like, Gloria got more attention, but it was yeah. because Dorothy could take care of herself, which, you know, is usually a good thing in the parents' eyes. Yeah. Now, Dorothy's the oldest of the three, isn't she? believe so so i there's part of me i'm thinking yeah she did put a lot more trust in dorothy but she was also the older of the three children <laughs> like i give more she trust should, to, yeah, yeah to the oldest of my was, three was she so. older than phil though because the next line is you know who did she already is leaving uh in in charge and she says me and then she adds because phil played with matches <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I guess we don't really know for sure which one of the two of them is older. Like he said, maybe they're they're twins. It could be, um, but I feel like that would have been a point they would have uh, stressed at some time during the <laughs> series a little more, had they been. Yeah, regardless, you got to wonder where that sense of responsibility was when she got knocked up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe she just uh, you know finally out of the house and. I needed to let loose some. All those years of being responsible. Well, you've seen Stan. Do you think any woman could really resist that? That is true. Especially him with his own natural hair. Unstoppable. (laughs) Maybe it was like uh, that he promised her, you know, a a fancy shack in the swamp. Mm -hmm. And that was just, that was it. Panty dropper right there. And she goes on to say, you know, that their uh, mom always knew Dorothy would be successful, but could only hope that Gloria would marry Rich. And then she says, which I did. And then adds, very rich, <laughs> yes. So Dorothy reluctantly kind of starts seeing the point that her sister's making, uh, point out that Sophia you know, had even come to live with her when she needed somebody. So Gloria admits that she's actually a little bit jealous of uh, Dorothy, saying that her life seems just more important than hers because, you know, she takes care of Ma, she's got work and stuff. And then she also kind of goes on to say that Ma doesn't really want to leave. It wasn't her idea. And then Dorothy kind of says, thank you. And they kind of give each other a hug and kiss, like on the cheek or something. And then she says. Thanks for clarifying that. (laughs) Yeah, because if you had, I would have imagined them, yeah, like totally making out for a minute. Exactly. That would definitely change the scope of the show, I think. Yeah, that's true. Their their relationship would take another level. Right. (laughs) Which level would that be? Uh, incest. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you were taking it to the worst possible place. <laughs> Not just like old oh, kids I mean, today. <laughs> I mean, she was so easily swayed by Stan in the last episode, you know me. That's true. And, and from what Sophia's saying, she's not going to any other dates. So. Yeah, well, and Gloria's <laughs> single at this point and wealthy, so, you know, you could do worse. Exactly. It's, and they know each other. Yeah, that's it's true. It's comfy, you know. <laughs> exactly. Dorothy uh, exits to go talk to Sophia. She enters a room and states that, you know, you can't leave. You know, that the girls all need her to stay. Mm -hmm. And uh, she won't take no for an answer. Sophia kind of, at first she retorts and says, I can't, I'm free. Um, I'm single and I'm 80 or something like that, right? Yeah, something along those lines. Ready to mingle. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, but at the end, she kind of smiles and says, I should have known you, could, you, you couldn't make it without me. And Sophia says, though, that if you know, she does stay, there's going to have to be a few changes, including that they need to have some time apart, uh, some time away from each other. It says, you need your space, I need mine. Which is ironic, because early in the thing, Dorothy specifically said something about needing some space, and Sophia gave her a hard time. Well, I think, though, that was after a fight, um, yeah. not necessarily uh, in positive circumstances <laughs> uh, Dorothy uh, agrees you know to that let's see that's 
that's fair. Gloria enters the room, then uh, Sophia tells her that, you know, she's decided to stay and goes on, mm-hmm. kind of whispers to her and says, I had to. She was begging me. It was pathetic mm-hmm. that Dorothy begged her not to go. And she talks about how good it feels that her kids are fighting over having her around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that at her age, a lot of people are trying to kind of ditch their parents or it's more mm-hmm. of a burden or something. And then uh, Sophia says, I love all my children. And Gloria's like, even Phil? She says, sure, but don't tell him. He'll want to borrow money. <laughs> Yeah, Phil's apparently quite the loser, um, <laughs> at least in uh, Sophia's eyes. Yeah. So. I do think that should be like the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would have been just a good way to mm-hmm. finish it off. But but they continued for another scene. Yep, they got one scene left. Uh, Rose and Blanche are in the kitchen, and Dorothy enters uh, talk about her uh, dinner with Sophia and Gloria had gone great. I guess they'd all gone out to dinner. She has this thing where she drank a lot, uh, ate a lot, and then uh, Gloria paid a lot. Mm-hmm. I forget what the order was, but... That was definitely the end Yeah, that Gloria paid. Uh, Rose adds that she's uh, very happy that they all got things worked out mm-hmm. and that Sophia isn't leaving. She talks about how uh, her stories always have a gem of wisdom deep, deep, deep inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sophia then enters while they're all sitting there uh, and uh, tells the girls that when she was uh, talking about leaving, she wanted to give them all gifts and she mm-hmm. still wants them to have the, the gifts. And so she hands them out. They each open them, and this time, you know, they get to actually open them before yeah. they know what they are. And then they discover that uh, she is simply giving them back gifts that she st- or items that she stole from them. <laughs> yeah, prior. <laughs> and uh, Sophia then exits before uh, they have a whole lot of chance to talk about. But uh, the girls kind of start speculating on uh, what else she might have taken. Mm-hmm. Well, I got the impression from the way Dorothy said it is like they consistently have to go in and raid Ma's room yeah. in order to <laughs> retrieve any uh, stolen um, right. merchandise. So. Yeah, because the next line basically is, you know, I think it's time to go search her room again. Yeah, again. Yeah. So, And that was what closed out the episode, correct? Yeah, well, the last part, though, is as they exit, you know, Rose goes out last. And she's really cautious when she goes in the door. I remember when it slammed in her face before. So I thought that was a funny ending. So do you think she's cautious every time she goes to that door for a while um, after that one incident? <laughs> so, um, I would say so. Okay. Well, we've already discussed our uh, favorite lines of the show. Uh, did you have an MVP for this episode, Ski? Or who would your MVP be? Normally I try to think of it ahead of time. I'm going to say uh, Gloria. I liked Gloria on this one. Oh, she was she was a good uh, a good guest uh, actress, which uh, she was played. I don't think we mentioned it. She was played by uh, Doris Belloc. Um, had quite a few credits, but I'm sure that you both know her as uh, Mayor Tippy Dink from uh, the show Doug. <laughs> she she was the voice actress. Oh she yeah, did. yeah, Mayor Tippy Dink and uh, and Doug, as well as I think her last credit was doing a voice in Grand Theft Auto Four. At some athletes. point, perhaps people will see pictures of uh, the voices or the, the faces behind these voices. And Ski looks <laughs> stunningly like a real version of Doug. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's almost uh, almost uncanny. Especially when I'm wearing my, uh, my patent cargo shorts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> so, Brent, did you have an, an MVP for this one? Just Burt Convy. Burt Convy. <laughs> 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 well, uh, since I typically like to choose someone who's actually in the episode, I'm not going to go with... Sophia on this one I think she delivered my favorite line and you know it was pretty well distributed between the three you know the Dorothy Sophia and and Gloria um the uh, other two didn't get a ton in the show mm-hmm. but their their interactions with each other about the play were were enjoyable yeah but um I don't know overall though this was for me one of maybe my least favorite episode of the season so far oh yeah. wow um I didn't think it was a terrible episode I don't think any of them have been terrible but mm-hmm. I don't know they're just the main story didn't really pull me in very much, and and the B story was like I said, there there were good lines here and there, but nothing that really shined. Like I felt like I kind of had to dig through to figure out what even my favorite line was out of that episode. So I think I'm only going to give this one about a two. Uh, I was going to give it a four. Okay, four. And, yeah. and Brent, were uh, uh, how many slices? Eight. Eight, eight, eight slices, yep. I'd give it a three. I okay, think right three. in the middle between the two. Okay. Well, I don't think this is going to be competing for the best episode ever. Well, obviously it won't be, but, um, you know, it'll be time to move on to the next one in our quest to find out the best episode of the entire series. So, A uh, noble quest it is. Uh, indeed. Almost everything we do around this table is quite noble. <laughs> So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and on that we'll go ahead and say uh, stay golden Coco
Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.